everybody, and welcome to That's Life, where we are here at the Mizrahi headquarters in Jerusalem. And yes, I do sound like I have either swallowed a frog or am, you know, deathly ill, neither of which are the case. But I am here, and everything is really fine. I'm just a little bit under the weather. Good morning, everybody. And uh, thanks for listening to That's Life. I'm Miriam El Wallach. General Manager here at the Nachum Siegel Network, joined by Yoni, who we did schlep across the Atlantic with us. We certainly did. We wouldn't leave him at home. He's like American Express. We take him everywhere. Good morning. How are you? You missed me last week, huh? I don't remember you being gone. Well, you did the Hanukkah show. I did the Hanukkah show? Last week, the Hanukkah show? Oh, and I was working with that other engineer. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah so that I'm was back. A, that was a little bit rocky. You I sound a little different than last time. I do. And it's also nice to work with an engineer who, you know... Gets where I'm going next, etc. <laughs> oh, there were chemistry issues flow. with the last one. Yeah. yeah, it was like a little misfiring, but that's all right. You know, just like any other relationship, you just get used to it. You, you By the way, it's it happened out. with us too. That's true, right. but not in a long time. Right. I mean, you and I are like a well-oiled machine. Right. You and the other engineer haven't worked like that in forever, right. or ever, as the case may be. Is that be. true? No, that is not the oh, that okay. is not the case. But we've worked in different situations, but not in a music song situation. Gotcha. So maybe right. that's what it's a tougher show. It is a tougher. It show. It is a tougher engineer. show. It is a well, tougher. Let's give show. that engineer some credit. Some. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it's all good. Yeah. But yes, yeah, so I did miss you, ironically enough, and I do miss my voice or what I normally sound like. Right. Truth is, I'm not even nasal. It's just all like in my chest, and it hurts. What's funny is that you mentioned before getting on the plane that, that I wasn't feeling right, well, and then we're talking on the plane. I didn't notice anything. Right. And then even at the airport, I think I don't really didn't notice anything. And then, like sometime during JMA, I'm like, oh, you just sound different. Like right. And all of a sudden, well, it was like we got off the plane. And we got off the plane, and I was like, I feel like garbage. Right. And I sound like garbage. Uh, you said it, not me. Yeah. And so I, I actually, somebody asked me, can I bring you cold medicine? Can I bring you cold medicine? Can I bring you cough drops? I'm like, I brought all of CVS with me in my bag. So it's not <laughs> like I am missing any cold medication. I just, you know what happens with me. As, as uh, it, it, it comes on like gangbusters. Right, I was it trying to starts. Think, I was also just trying to think what I have to maybe help you. And it seems like uh, you have it covered more. No, than I got before. everything. I got everything. I just also hope I can sleep. That's going to be the big one. You need a solid uh, eight And I need tonight. sleep. We all need sleep. We all, no, we all definitely yeah, need that, sleep. This was not an easy flight. <laughs> I'd say, uh, yeah. This was in our top three worst travel flights ever. Well, for sure, like the three of us, but also just in general, I think. And a lot of that has to do with just like length of time. Like, no, like, and whenever I fly to Houston, it's a three-hour flight, whatever. No matter how bad it's going to be, is like, it's going to be... Um, you know, it's it's not going to be as bad as pretty much any even normal 10-hour flight just because, like, right. 10 hours in a, but, in a tin can is 10 hours in a tin can, yeah, however. but it was... This was the combination of smells oh my and noises and uh, people, you know, hitting you when they shouldn't yes, be. when they is, shouldn't uh, be hitting me, right. yes, or my seat or the tray table or anything else. Yes, that was quite unfortunate. Right. So, um, and the smells. Can we go back to the smells? The smells. It's it's it's. It stank. If anyone that's ever flown at all, it was knows it was awful. It was absolutely but. insanely awful. And what we you and I learned is that that the reason the plane was so hot is because we were not flying at night and the sun was still up. So I think some of that, like I, I, I the flight attendant did say that, but also I was moving around a lot on the plane, uh-huh. and it was, and it was just like, towards the middle area. 
you know how like we were all the way in the back so yeah. like that middle area i feel like where we're more usually like i was standing there and i was like actually kind of cold there um and like everyone there was sleeping with like blankets i was like right. i don't know if that's something to do also with being in the back i'm not sure where the science works there but that girl who was like completely nutty yeah she was wearing her leather jacket the whole time and yeah, she was geez. sitting near where you're where you're right. I took off layers of clothing throughout the flight. It was just like, I can't. I was in a schwitz. And I'm generally, to Israel, like, you got to wear a sweater. You got like, a layer. Just... You got a layer. And I was just like, yeah. not It not was here. a bad flight. Yeah. Bad flight. And motion, I'll tell you. Motion to not do that. One right. <laughs> and just so that people understand, there was a family behind us, <laughs> and we have no tainas. We have no, no issues at all with the children. No. None mm. at all. Kids will be kids, and you have to parent kids. But that's it. <clears> like, you know. Anybody can be a mother and a father. Not everybody can be a parent. You can't leave your kids to do nothing. You just can't. And not on a 10-hour flight. By the way, also to the kids' credit, it was like they sort of, for, for what the, uh, right, your, uh, what is it, the world's your playground? Like, yeah. that whole airplane was their playground, technically, and they could have done a lot worse. Correct. Like, they were pretty contained for the most part. They could have so brought down like, the plane. They could have brought down the plane. Yeah, right. they, there was an army there, so, so there were several of them. They definitely right. could have brought down the plane. There were a lot like, of peeps. Yeah. But um, for the first time in both of our lives, we saw a flight attendant hand a family a yeah. garbage bag and tell them to clean up their own mess. Yeah, this one's on you. That's oh, <laughs> my heavens yeah. is what happened. What's funny also is the flight attendants, I was in the back with them a lot, and they were... Um, yeah, you, you were know, hanging with them. What yeah, that when about? you... Well, it was a 10-hour flight and you can't sleep. Okay. Um, and they kept... Um, you know, people press the button you yeah. know, for, for service. Right. And so it goes to the screen in the back, which I never knew about, and it just says, oh, 26A, 27K. Yeah, Yeah. that screen was working. And they kept just, like, resetting the resetting, and I was, like, looking at them, and they're like, don't worry. Like, this is not – we don't do this all the time. It's just we know it's kids just constantly Uh. pressing the button. And because of where it is, because it's an old-school plane, so it's – Right, on your hip. Right, it's on the hip, so, like, they know it's just, like, people, like, messing with it. Knocking into it. Right, so I was just like, I'm not judging. Like, trust me, also on this flight, like, like like nothing's going on there. No, and it was just – it was awful. But when – but the – when they handed, when that flight attendant handed the family the garbage bag, I was like, I mean, first of all, call a kavod to you. Yeah. And second of all, hello. Yeah, that should have been somewhat of a signal. Right. A- and that was like halfway through the flight. That wasn't even at the end. You're already that bad. That was halfway through the flight. And that, that felt like the end of the flight because it, it was so long. You and <laughs> I right, at one point turned halfway. to each other and you're like, there's six hours left in yeah. this flight. I'm like, I don't know what to do with myself. Yeah. I've never had this. It was it was, it was extremely bad. long, and sometimes that that flight to Israel is sometimes like nine nine and a half. Yeah, if you no. got lucky with the winds, this was no. I think a we had no mazel. We yeah. had no mazel. This was not a mazel dick of flight, but yes, we did arrive, and so we thank we thank God for that, obviously, and uh, we are looking forward to continuing the programming today. And by the way, as we took over the live lunch on Tuesday, Rummy will be hosting today's live lunch coming up at the top of the hour, and Nahum will be conducting an interview at. Binyaneha Uma in advance of the start of the Siam Hashas, at Mizrahi's Siam Hashas at Binyaneha Uma. That interview starts at 6 o'clock, goes right. for about 40 minutes. We wanted minutes. to do the live lunch. We just can't be in two places. Right, at literally once. cannot be in two places at once. And we right. think of Rami for so many different things, but for also hosting the live lunch today. Um, I am sure that he will be covering a lot of Siam songs as well. It is. Um, is that you telling him, hey? Make sure to cover yeah, some CM songs. Play some CM songs. Exactly. No fortune cookie today. No national holidays today. We are just getting to it. You you are listening to That's Life here at the Nachum Siegel Network. I am joined by Rabbanit Rifki Siegel. Joins me here in the Mizrahi headquarters. I'm actually 
very excited to have her on. Usually when we speak, it's only by phone or by WhatsApp or by text. But here we have the opportunity because we are in the Holy Land and she lives in the Holy Land that um, we can join face to face and have a conversation about her new book, Living Tehillim, Finding Yourself in the Songs of Tehillim. It is a Mosaic Press uh, publication. I know that Rifki was already on uh, JM the AM with Nahum, but as always, I like to think that, that Nahum and I handle things from a different angle, and so I'm excited to have you join me, and welcome to That's Life. It's wonderful to be here, Miriam, or wonderful to have you here. Thank you. It is wonderful, <laughs> wonderful to be here. It's wonderful to be here every single day, but it's wonderful to welcome you here. And thank you for not making me wear a coat. It's 50 degrees outside. <laughs> it's really quite lovely. Um, let's talk about Living to Hillam. The, the title itself reminds me of when I was a kid and the Living Torah came out, and it wasn't a, and and it was a compilation of Tanakh in a beautiful purple cover that had leaves on it, and it was called the Living Torah. And I did not appreciate, as a kid, what that meant to have a living Torah. That that Torah was something that 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 lived. I was really young when it came out, and you know, it wasn't a concept to to me. And and so it's something that I have continually come to appreciate as an adult. And so here, we're not talking about the living Tehillim. We're talking about living Tehillim, as if your life is living through Tehillim. Am I getting this right? You are getting it right. But first of all, I have to say, I'm like, I never thought about that connection oh. with Kaplan. I'm in awe of, of even imagining that uh, that anything I've been involved with was from the living Torah, which was, the living Torah was so beautiful and right. made Torah accessible right. in, in such an easy way. I can't, that's not exactly the same thing as Living Tehillim because it's not about the translation of right. Tehillim. It's really about understanding that Tehillim is not just something that you say and it's not just something that you learn. It's really something that you have to do. You have to live Tehillim and Tehillim itself is, is transformative. And that's really what the goal was. Of, of writing this book and really of the classes that I give in general for Tehillim of how do you transform yourself through the words of Tehillim and how do they talk to you and certainly they talk differently to every single person and um, there's always women who come to me and they say which Tehillim should I say mm. and really the truth is is I answer what what does the Tehillim say to you which Tehillim is talking to you and the Tehillim that talks to you is really the Tehillim that, that you're living so living to Hillam is living to Hillam really is about putting yourself in the song, and it's not about mm. David Hamelach being the singer. It's right. you are the singer. You're into literature. Lahavdil, it's not the same. Thing. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, you know, sometimes I don't want to tell you what I'm reading right now compared to this. Uh, because when when I think about it, sometimes we we look at Tehillim as if it's a liter Lahavdil Elif Alfeyavdil is to make such a separation, but it's as if it's if it's written by some amazing literary giant mm. and and let's analyze the the nuances of every part of the poetry and that's really not what living till I'm about is about it's about taking the messages and saying what is it saying to you what are the directives in the Tehillim itself so we so by virtue of that we're going to agree that not every capital not every chapter of Tehillim is going to speak to each one of us either equally or at all it's going to be something that I may open up the Tehillim right now and and feel differently about a about a parak of Tehillim than you feel differently about it. But both of those are good as long as we're internalizing it. 
But I want to I want to stress it's important to know Tehillim because I, you never know when you're going to need mm. a certain message. Like right now, you think this is so irrelevant, then all of a sudden you'll be in a certain situation and it's talking to you as if it was written for you for that moment. So uh, really, it, it doesn't mean that you shouldn't know and be familiar with all the Tehillim. So you, you should can, still start at the beginning. You should still start at the <laughs> beginning. And the more you know, the more you can access at the right time in the right place. Interesting. Very interesting. Rabbanit Rifki Siegel joins me. She is the co-author. Do I call it the co-author? You can call it whatever you want. Okay. I, she, liked, I, I, I really can say that I'm my, the co-author as, as all the students in my classes. Nice. Who've been there for years and it's really been a joint project and I cannot give an interview without acknowledging them, their input, their excitement, their enthusiasm. Um, I'm going to call you the chief author. <laughs> I'm going to call you the chief author with a number of contributors. The chief author of Living to Hill and Finding Yourself in the Songs of Dillman again in Mosaica Press um, release. Let's talk for a second about the about the way that the, the, the Safer, the way the book is organized. It is not your typical to heal him. I am not pulling this out the same way I am taking out my pocket art scroll to heal him or my pocket Koran to heal him. This is organized in a completely different manner. And I so respect it. Be and I'll explain why. Actually, first let's talk about how it's how it's how it's organized and then I'll tell you about why I respect it so much. You want to okay. I want you to explain in your way because to me this is like it's a genius move. It's first of all, it's not a book that you can sit down and read from the beginning to the end. In terms of, it's a, it's really a safer that you need to learn through. Ideally, to sit with the Tehillim on one side and and learn it as if it's a parish, as it's, it's a commentary okay. on each pasuk to go through each pasuk right. and then look at the commentary and the pasuk and the commentary. And even better is to look at the t- whole Tehillim first, the whole capital first. And then try to figure out what it's telling you and what you can learn from it and what how, is, how it means something special to you. And then go back and do it with the commentary. So, so each each capital of Tehillim, each, each paragraph, let's use that word just to break it down, of Tehillim is broken down almost into what I would refer to as sound bites. They're, they're broken down into nuggets so that each nugget can be understood on its own and then put together as a whole which I think is so important because we learn to read words. We're not taught often to understand the words that we are reading. And what I think is so important about living to Hillam and, and what you did here is that you're, t- you're, you're telling us to stop doing that. And that while that might be working in other parts of your life, you can't use that. You can't do that with Tehillim. Tehillim are too important. Tehillim are too necessary for life for you to do it this way. Exactly. Exactly. If you wanted to make a difference in your life, that's why people say they say to Hillam and, and they don't know why, they don't know what, but they're just saying it, which is also a powerful thing to do. Right. But we can go the next step. And, and David HaMelech did more than just say words. He lived those words. Right. And that's really our goal. And so each capital of Tehillim that you go through here and chapters 1 through 30 are included in Living Tehillim. Each one is broken down in a way for someone to internalize something from that capital film, if they're open to that idea, there's not every every idea is not going to hit everyone, right? It's just we're all we all got different DNA, we all got different chemical makeups, but something in here is going to strike you, and something's going to strike him, and something's going to strike her, and so there's so much to go through here. If you take the time to break it down, something into Helm is going to reach you in a way that it didn't before. I hope so, but I'll tell you what I hope even more. Okay. I hope that when you read this book, the safer 
that you write your own commentary mm. on Tehillim and that you understand this is Rifki Siegel and, and, and Lisa Aiken and various other people in my classes who've shared and things that I've shared with them. And it's very nice, but it really, it's, it's up to you to make up your and to develop it further as what it, what it's talking to you, what it's saying to you. You're listening to That's, that's Life. That's my goal. Sorry. You're listening to That's mm-hmm. Life here at the Nachum Siegel Network. We're speaking with Rebanit Rifki Siegel, who is the main author, the chief author of Living to Hill and Finding Yourself in the Songs of Tehillim. Let's talk about um, Lisa Aiken's contribution because I like the way her contributions are put in these gray boxes. It says Hanaleah speaks and that it's Lisa is Hanaleah. And, right. Yes. And and so I like the fact that you're 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 practicing what you preach. I mean, you just said to me right now, you want me to have my own parish. You want me to have my own understanding of Tehillim. And you're saying here, Miriam, look, I put somebody else's words in here also. This isn't just my take. I'm not the only one here. This is this is a collaboration. This is someone else connecting. I want you to connect too. Like, was was that part of the was that part of the rationale of of having a second contributor? The rationale was, I guess so, when you're, when you're bringing that up. But the, it started with, with Hanaleah being in my classes for, for many years and her contributing either before, during, after class uh, to what we, were, what we were talking about. And so when we were talking about writing the book and Hanaleah said that she would love to write up the classes, mm. I said, would you add your stories? And uh, that's how that piece came in. And, and certainly Hanaleah is a wonderful writer and uh, quite an accomplished psychologist in her own right. It's and amazing. It's an honor to be with her in the same book. It's amazing how, as a teacher, I mean, I taught for 15 years. It's amazing how, how as a teacher, you know, there are, there's obviously, there's, there's so much said about the contribution that a teacher makes to a student's life and, and vice versa. But it's so true how much we learn from our students, how much we have changed from our, you know, as a result of working with our students, how much our experiences and their experiences blend together. I remember once when I was in graduate school, the second time around, for my second degree, and um, I had come to uh, the final, and I had emailed the professor earlier in the day that my son had fever, and he had strep, please let me not, let, let me do this another day, let me stay home, and she said, you've had too many absences, you've already used your two, you know, get out of jail free cards, you need to come in, and so I sat there at their fi- that final, I didn't know anything, I knew absolutely nothing, and I sat there, and my page was blank, and all of a sudden, the clock tower on the campus at Brooklyn College, struck. And I, and I, under my breath, I said, for whom the bell tolls? And I didn't realize my professor was standing right there, and she says to me, it tolls for thee. <laughs> and I totally wigged out, and I handed her an empty paper. And I said, I, I have nothing to give you. And I handed it in to her, and I went to school the next day, and I told my students, I know how it feels when you sit at a test and you have nothing to write. And it was such a, it was such an important reminder to me what my students go through, and how they too panic, and how they too show up in situations where all of a sudden they can't perform, and they need to, and and they appreciated my honesty, and 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 I appreciated being able to share that moment with them, but but it it, it just reminded me. Uh, and what you're saying now reminds me of the collaborative effort that a classroom can be to allow both the teacher and the student to grow. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Right. I mean, how much have you changed? How much have you learned from your students? I mean, 
to the point where you collaborate with them on a book. It's an amazing thing. It really is an amazing thing. Um, David HaMelech, when he, when he wrote Tehillim, and yes, he was the singer, right? He was the singer, and he lived all of, uh, of what he wrote. You know, he, he, he walked the walk, and he, he talked the talk, and he walked the walk, right? Is, there, is, there, is it surprising to you, is it surprising to you how, how relevant so much of what he experienced and internalized is still applicable today? Not at all, because life is the same. People's psyches are the same. People have the same challenges. They just come in different ways. Uh, if not, it would not be printed. It would not have been left Lodoro for all generations. And I'm sure there's many, much poetry that has been written, beautiful poetry, and Nevuot as well, prophecies that were written down as well, but they were not, uh, they didn't stay with us until today because they weren't relevant. So everything that, that's been written was very relevant. Is it surprising? No, what is surprising and, is, and exciting is is being able to to tune into uh, the specific issues that David Amelik was going through and realizing that I'm going through the same mm. thing. That's what's what's very exciting when the as they say in Hebrew, Nafal Asimon, you know, when the Asimon drops and all of a sudden, whoa, it, it's all of a sudden it puts whatever I'm going through in, in a much more beautiful, uh, practical picture Some and I feel like I'm part of history and not just it's not about Rifki Siegel it's about the issue that now Rifki Siegel is is uh, facing somebody told me I was listening to a podcast and somebody said that the best self-help books that you can listen that you can read are not ones by psychologists are ones that are written by CEOs who have fallen, who have become bankrupt, and who build themselves up again. And so, and, and because those are the people who have really helped themselves. You have human, tr- you have human challenges that are, that are posed to David HaMelech. You have real sacrifices. You have real issues. And, and there's, you're right. There is so much of humanity that is, that is the same, no matter how great they were or, or how far, how far, off they lived, you know, the, he, David Amelch was still human. And so to be able to write a Sefer that allows us in 2020 to connect to David HaMelech on a human plane is really a tremendous accomplishment. It, it, it really is because all it does is connect us to not only our ancestors, but also obviously to our homeland. It connects us. It makes everyone more real instead of so far off and, and ephemeral. It just it 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 connects us to our past, and and I think that's a tremendous accomplishment on your part. I'll tell you, it's the most um, awesome thing ever, ever, and it's a extremely humbling thought. Sometimes every once in a while, I think, Davra Melech, I hope you're proud, and it it absolutely makes me cry that the thought that. I have a connection to David Amelach. Like, who am I to think that I could actually put my name on a cover of a safer that says Tehillim? It's it's humbling. It's awesome. I'm hoping, hoping that it's it's giving Hakadosh Baruch Hu nachas and that uh, that it's the right thing and that it should just help many many people to connect to the words of of David Amelach. So whether or not they they actually publish a book, every time they say Tehillim, they are living Tehillim in the way that they are authoring the commentary Beautiful. of living to Hillam. Well, you should be very proud. And I can tell you, honestly, not many people are able to do this. And so you should give yourself credit. But I also love the fact that you dedicate this to your parents. And and God knows your parents are exceedingly proud. And as well that they should be. So 
So you should continue to do great work. Uh, I look forward to the next 30 chapters. Amen. They're, they're, they're in the works? In the computer. All right. Mm-hmm. Amazing. There so are 150 be... right now in the computer, just about. So. Volume mm-hmm. 2, mm-hmm. waiting for that release. Again, it is Living to Hillam. You can find it at Mosaica Press. Rabbanit Rifki Siegel, kol to you, continued Hatzlacha, and thank you for, you know, making it so easy to do this in person. I mean, a little bit Mizrahi had to do with that, but thank you for coming down. Thank you for being here. Enjoy. Thank you. Thank you. Have a good Shabbos. Amen, and a good Shabbos. You've been listening to That's Life here at the Nachum Siegel Network. We have how much time left, Yoni? Just uh, 30 seconds or so. We're going to close with my favorite Siam song, which is the Deer Shoe Hadron. I love, I love, I love that song. Nachum played it the other day when we were in Aaron's West Orange. My thanks again to Aaron's West Orange and Aaron's Casino Farms for sponsoring our On the Road all of December. I'm wrapping it up. I promise. I'm calling it a day. That's life, everybody. A Shabbat Shalom from Yerushalayim. Bye, guys.
Ну и сейчас наша имена. 